Hey, you're listening to the Cole Podcast, blacksmithing, metalworking, starting your business and keeping it going. My name is Nathan Brandt, owner of Cole Ironworks out of Indiana. Um, this podcast is just kind of talking about how we started our business, what we've learned along the way, what's worked, what hasn't, and uh, just kind of opening it up for questions for people that are trying to do the same thing. Um, in this last year, we, well, last two years, we went from building about 12 forging presses a year to 100, 150, and uh, it has been substantial growth, but a lot of growing pains along with it, and uh, we just kind of want to share what what, <laughs> what we've garnered from that, and uh, it's been, it's been uh, a really incredible, amazing journey. It's always really awesome to get great feedback from the people using the machines that we build, but it's also been really hard. You know, this year we in the throes of purchasing a 14,000 square foot manufacturing space. Um, we were right about to closing. We were getting ready. We were actually doing a final walkthrough with a contractor um, to go over like, okay, you know, we're going to have to get these things finished up before we close. Not a big deal. That kind of thing. Uh, walked into the facility and the entire place was just completely stripped. Uh, people had broken in and stolen transformers, uh, sub panels, breakers, pulled triple lot wire out of the walls, conduit, uh, furnace, air conditioner, all this stuff was just destroyed and um, left us in a really vulnerable place because we went from, you know, knowing what this next step of our business was going to be. We were going to go from 2,500 to 14,000 square feet, expand our, our workforce, expand our product lines. We had um, we've been working with a lean manufacturing guru, kind of talking about how to set up our production line and improve our efficiency. You know, we've pushed up against a six month lead time at the longest because we are so jam packed in our little spot. And that was our plan. That was our vision. That was our goal. We were working towards that. Everything being stripped out of the spot, out of the space, we we went from being almost in the door to, you know, ugh, a couple months of work to get it back, even to just where it was going to be um, before we started working on it. So uh, that was a punch in the face. And now we've been scrambling to figure out what to do next. Um, well, we haven't been scrambling. We decided that we need to take a step back and reassess our entire business model and how we do things because we've we've been doing things a certain way this whole time waiting on this you know next thing we get this next project we get this next building and instead what we want to do is step back and put a plan in place decide a, a, a vision for the future including you know where we're currently at okay we have to work within the parameters that we're given we're in 2500 square feet we're packed to the gills with um, machinery that we're building and we've got to make it more efficient so rather than just working around all of the problems in that space, stopping, taking the time to pull everything out, reassemble our, our workstations, put things where it needs to be rather than just where it ended up. You know, you start in a space that seems large when you're moving in, then you spend a year there, you fill it with equipment, um, and suddenly it's super tight and you just put stuff where it fits. And so rather than doing that, now what we're trying to do is put stuff where it goes, you know, where it actually works in the flow. 
Um, one of the things that we did that we learned from the lean guy we've been talking with is looking at, you know, drawing your shop, getting your people, your employees and everybody in there and saying, okay, here's where we bring material in every day. It gets unpacked off its pallets and then thrown into these different places. And every time that you need those parts, you're walking from this end of the shop to that end of the shop to bring it to your station then back over. I mean, when we looked at the flow of the shop, it was, <laughs> it was non-existent. There wasn't, there wasn't any flow. And uh, so just stopping, taking the time, stopping production feels like, you know, horrifying. Um, but we stopped it long enough to just kind of pull everything out, pull the stuff that we could out. You know, there's, there's things in our shop, our table, I can't even get my forklift to pick it up. So it's going to be a bigger thing to adjust those, the placement of that stuff, but taking the time to move what, what we could and, um, reorganize so that there's a flow that it starts at the front door, you're at the back door and the, the machine on a pallet is going out the front door then to the semi. Um, and stop, I think, I guess with that, like the biggest thing was realizing that we were wasting more time by continuing in an inefficient way than just stopping, reorganizing and starting production back up in a new system. So that was something that we've learned recently, something that's really affected the trajectory. You know, like I said, a couple of the, the questions that we got on uh, Instagram, I did an Instagram story asking questions. That'll be something that we do, I think, from now on, because that worked, that was really cool. Um, was, you know, where you're going next? New, are you guys gonna make power hammers? Are you guys gonna make, you know, this kind of tool? Are you bringing the seven ton back? Because we released the seven ton and then the five ton, and then we took it off the website and stopped talking about it. The reason we did that was we had so many people reaching out to us and saying, oh my gosh, I'm going to, you know, this is such a cheap option. I'm going to throw this in my shop and start producing Damascus with it or pattern welded steel with it. And while, yeah, it was capable of forging, we did a couple videos and obviously showed that it, it primarily wasn't made to be a forging press. It was kind of like a shop press that was a hydraulic vice, a hydraulic clamp, a weld you know, positioner, you can position parts in there, clamp it down, they don't move. Or if you have something that's distorting while you're welding it, you can clamp it in there, it's got enough force to resist that weld distortion. That was something that we use it all the time for. So it's really functional in those ways, but when you're forging with it, it's a huge, deep throat uh, C-frame with no slide and it forges, there's enough force and enough speed specifically, but it doesn't have great control because it has that speed. You know, it's one of those things that's like, you're right, you're not quite a power hammer, but you've lost that nice, steady flow of a, of a press, of an actual like forging press. So we, um, we just pulled it because I thought, you know, I don't want to sell something people aren't going to be happy with because if you're buying this to make Damascus, to make, you know, steel and forge these parts, it's gonna be frustrating. And so we pulled it, we, we're working on kind of pulling it in two ways, because it still works really awesome as a bench mount uh, hydraulic vise. That's what we use it for primarily in our shop. Like I said, uh, resisting distortion and moving stuff in awkward places and clamping it and all that. 
um, than the other side, making a forging press that's smaller, that's more affordable, um, that is just kind of totally switching the design. Because the big machines that we make, they're top acting, the C-frames, and they're expensive to produce. I mean, we're, <laughs> especially with tariff on steel and all that coming through, uh, we're really pushing it, even at the, the price point that we're at, to um, be able to stay innovative and offer our customers the kind of service that they deserve and expect from us. Um, it's just expensive. It's super expensive to run a business and care about people's experience after you've sold them something. Um, and that's vital to us. We think that's everything. That if you get your machine and something's wrong and you need us or something, you know, you have an idea and you wish you could do it, but you're not sure how, you call us and we answer the phone or we answer the email. Uh, more so email now just because the phone is getting a little overwhelming. But, um, you know, that's really important. So back to it, we are going to be we are currently designing and prototyping out a smaller machine that's more affordable, that's simpler. You know, it's not gonna have all the bells and whistles, but it's also gonna be something you can get into your, your shop for a relatively low price. Um, and we're also working on something that's smaller and the, the not as tall. So you get it, you can slide it off the pallet and do things a little more easily. Um, so those are a couple things that we're working on. Uh, I had a couple questions about um, some other things. Unfortunately, uh, when the story went away uh, after the 24-hour cycle or whatever it was, I uh, lost access to those. So if you know how to re-access questions that people post on a story on Instagram, let me know. And uh, I'm going to put up another post probably today asking some more questions for the next episode, for episode three. This is number two. And we'll just keep chugging along here. This has been really awesome. I'm super excited about starting a podcast and just kind of getting an opportunity to, to converse back and forth with you guys more. And just let me know what you think, uh, what you'd like to hear, and we'll make it happen. Thanks again.